Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me, as always, is my co-host and cohort, Victor Adams. Hey, you got to define always sometimes. I know, I love that, that like, smirk that comes over your you face. Always like, know not always. That. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the time. Yes. <laughs> well, you're here when today, and we're glad you are. Yes. You've probably been here for what? This is episode 102. You've probably been here for 98 of them. So. That's right. So that's a pretty good <laughs> That's a All pretty right. good track record. So, But it's good to see you. Did you have a good weekend? I did, yeah. I mean, I, I, so... Okay, I had to think about what what I did. <laughs> so Lily came back from Starkville to kind of hang out with us, sure. week, and so we had a good time to to do stuff and just kind of do family stuff and and kind of really just sit down and do nothing for the weekend. It was good. Yeah, it yeah. was. Yeah, I saw her at church with you guys. It was great mm-hmm. to see y'all. And I tell you what, it's one of my favorite weekends. Anytime that we're talking about the Transfiguration and and the you know hearing about that in the gospel and just every time I think about that story or not story, what happened in the in the scriptures there. Um, it just it always elicits me to think about transformation, like transfiguration, yeah. transformation. We're going to talk about that some today, but first I want to say uh, thank you to our sponsor, Covenant Eyes. Uh, you know, the narrow road came out uh, today is March the first when we're recording this episode. So today was the first day of the narrow road. I got to tell you something. When we started this, I thought we might, you know, we we were going to order fifty or so books and. I think I thought we were gonna have like twelve gone, but we have surpassed that by far. And awesome, man! I'm actually trying to find more copies and get more printed and get them out here in the first couple of days. But you know, Covenant Eyes sponsored that; they're helping us make that possible. Um, Covenant Eyes is something that everybody uh, needs to have in there. If you're struggling with pornography or not, if you're you're looking for something to protect with all these today, our, our kids have these devices mm-hmm. everywhere: phones, Apple watches. Uh, Kindle tablets, whatever, well, just everywhere. language and violent, you know, right. movies and stuff. Yeah, yeah. just yeah. everything. Yeah. Like you don't know who's on the other line of that video game or whatever out there. So there's so many things that you can put Covenant Eyes on, and it's not strictly just to stop, you know, yourself from looking at pornography, but just all kind of other harmful things. It's really right. security for your family, but. The main purpose of Covenant Eyes is to help people that are struggling with pornography, um, to be able to lock it out, to give you accountability with someone to be your accountability partner, that if you are um, looking at something, then they're going to get a notification. Mm-hmm. You know, that in itself helps stop you when you know that somebody's going to be able to see what you're doing. So, um, but Covenant Eyes is a great resource. We use it in my family, in my house, on the stuff. When Jacob and the girls got older and started getting some tablets for school when they were doing the you know, uh, home, school from home stuff. Mm-hmm. We just want to make sure that while we were doing our jobs and other things that they weren't, you know, being uh, solicited right. or anything else that, you know, through some sort of some app point. or something. So, but, you know, look, Covenant Eyes would tell you don't let sexual sin hold back your growth with screen with screen accountability from Covenant Eyes will help you live a porn-free life of integrity and enjoy deep, meaningful relationships with God, family, and friends. And it really does tie into the narrow road, right? We can't walk this narrow road. We can't live virtue in our life when we're following device like pornography and and uh, impurity of self. So mm-hmm. guys, check it out today. You can, um, if you've got a copy on the narrow road, there's an ad on the back of it where you can find the link. Uh, the link's also going to be in the comments of this show too, but you can go to covenanteyes.com. You'll have a free trial there. Um, and just go try it out today and see if it helps you in your journey and protect your family today. Uh, I mentioned uh, the narrow road. We've got a lot more patrons now that, that signed up over the last week. Nick, 
Carter, Thomas, Lewis, Mark, Russell, thank you for joining us. Your copies are either to you by now or or they're on the way. So thank you. Uh, I got to tell you, I've been so excited with this narrow road. I did it myself this morning. I know I wrote you know the reflections and all that, but my friend Ryan kind of helped me put it together. And today I really needed it. I went to mass and I sat down and I I read through um, the reflection for the week. And I watched the video, and then I, I actually um, wrote down where the root sins were in my life, and um, and then read the gospel and had a conversation with God, and then have written down things I was going to do for my wife today that I've still got some to do, or not for my wife, but for God that I've still got to do before the day's over mm-hmm. with. But I was also able to check off that opportunities for grace chart, and I got to tell you, there are men sending me pictures from all over, holding up their books, talking about how excited they are. We got a text on the way here from a guy that said, man, this was an amazing experience today. I already feel the Lord's presence in this and in my life. Awesome, so I'm just yeah. excited about it. Plus, we're doing these patron Zooms, so all these guys from all over the country are hanging out, and we're getting to spend time together. So we do one of those a month. So it's not just about the narrow road. If you become a patron of just guy on the pew at any level, you're going to have access to the private Facebook group. You're going to be able to get uh, merchandise, cool stuff, or whatever level you sign up on, whether it's a, you know, the stoneware mug or the koozie or the fishing shirt. You get mm-hmm. all of that. You get the extra content, the, the patron Zoom hangouts that I do with the patrons, which are always fun. And then you also get to use this as your means of evangelization, right, to share with another brother. So, guys, if you want to become a patron, you can do so at uh, www.patreon.com slash pewministries, or you can go to justaguyonthepew.com, click support there, and you can sign up for patron there. If you're looking for the narrow road, we are working on a bulk option for, for all you men out there that want this for a men's group or for, um, for you know, if you're a deacon or a priest, you want it for the parish. We're going to have those options. You can find that at the narrow road on the top of the Just a Guy on the Pew page of our website there. So moving on with the show, I want to talk about, as we said, the transfiguration. We know the story. We heard the gospel yesterday, the second Sunday of Lent, Mm -hmm. where Jesus takes John, James, and Peter up the mountain. And while he's there, Moses and Elijah appear. And there's a great cloud, and, and, and Jesus is talking to them, and they're just frightened because right. Jesus Peter goes, uh, <laughs> yeah, because Jesus like turns into like this lights emanating right. from him, and his clothes are they say purer than anything would have been able to get them bleached white, and mm-hmm. and all of a sudden they see for the first time he's the son of God, like yeah. physically see this transformation, there's this no, transfiguration no doubt. in front if of there him. was anything doubt, it was gone. Right. Yeah. And so Peter says, you know, Peter's always like, he seems like us in those situations right. where he's, we should stay here, right? Like right. let's build three tents and stay here. And by the time he gets, you know, he's so nervous when he says that he's looking for something to say. And by the time he says all that, Moses and Elijah are gone. Jesus mm-hmm. has turned back to his regular, you know, to the way he looks regularly. And they hear the voice of, this is my beloved son, listen to him. And then they go back down the mountain. But the thing about that that always struck me is that moment, there was no way that those those disciples didn't under those apostles didn't understand this was the son of God. Mm-hmm. Like, and there's some, there has to be a moment in our lives at some point where this has to happen. And, you know, when we look at scripture, I always like to look at it as what is in it for us? Like, why are we being told these stories? Why are we reading these passages? Why, why did God want this written down for us? Because if you think about it, it says that Jesus chose these three to take to the transfiguration. But if you look at it, he didn't just choose those. He did at the time. But here we are thousands of years later reading and seeing, basically envisioning what they saw. These were meant for us too. You know, have you ever thought about that? So why? Like why did why did God want us to know this? 
Why did Christ want us to know this and be a part of this, even be it through the scriptures, not in person? And it's because all of us have to have a transformation in our life. Jesus transfigures so that we transform. Whatever that looks like in your life, whether it was me in a jail cell, you know, in that moment where I was broken to my, you know, down to my knees and, and I saw Jesus for what he could be in my life and for what he was and how much I needed him and where I'd gotten myself. Or if you're just somebody that one day wakes up to the realization that, that Jesus Christ is the son of God and mm-hmm. you need him in your life, there comes a point where Jesus comes to really, uh, elicit transformation in our life. And, and that's the question, like, if it was for us too, have we truly been been uh, transformed by Christ? And, and this show is full of questions, right? Like mm-hmm. this whole show is going to be full of questions because questions they're they're for you to ponder and for you to answer. Um, there's so many questions because all of this is really up to you. Like I can't answer this for you, Victor can't answer this for you. Like, have you had that moment with Christ in your life? And if you have, have you transformed for the rest of your life? You know, not just for that moment on that mountaintop. Peter wanted to stay there, right? But the fact is we meet Jesus and then we have to come down that mountain and we have to live it in the rest of our life. We have to go out and bring him to ever, everyone else. And so it's not a, a matter of just wanting to hang out in this, this consolation moment, right? It's about taking what I know now, letting it transform me so I'm never the same again, and then go out and show other people that transformation by the way I live my life. Well, for us, the transformation is something, whether it's the, the soul, the heart, or the inner part of who we are, is changed in the form of we're not concerned about our own desires and our needs anymore. We're transformed into to, uh, assessing what God wants for us in our lives and to sure. making the world better around us. So for the apostles, they, were trans- they saw the transfiguration with their eyes, right? And that is, for most people in this world, seen as believing. Mm-hmm. Right, and that's why for them it was like no doubt, you know, no doubt. And then God, Jesus even said, "Blessed are those who did not see but still believe." Sure. So there's more graces for us who didn't see this but are hearing this because it's been passed down from the magisterium. Is that what yeah, magisterium, magisterium, yep. who oral traditions, but also writings that said this is what we believe, this is what has happened, this is what we continue to believe, and therefore it's your turn to pass that information on that belief on and so we are now disciples transformed our hearts are now living for christ not for ourselves and that's why when john is speaking you know we're speaking to you is like this is something that can happen to you in your life yeah and it has to but it has to happen like it ha- you have to transform yes i think there's a lot of people that we meet jesus like in a short introduction like where somebody walks up to you with a friend and says hey this is my friend so and so oh yeah how you doing well good to see you see you later mm-hmm. i think a lot of us have had those interactions with christ Right where we've been, we know of him, right? And, and maybe we're even following him. You know, like maybe we're 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 trying to follow him. We're doing the things that we're supposed yeah. to do. You know, these are some of the questions that I wanted to ask today. When I said I was full of questions, is you know, if this is some, if you're thinking right now, have I been truly transformed? You should be able to look at your life and, and be honest with yourself and know. You know, are you practicing the faith just because my parents did? Right? Do you know Jesus Christ? Do you have a relationship with him? Do you have a desire and a longing? To, to live this life for him, you know, to live the life that he calls you to. Do you believe all you know, what you've been told, mm-hmm. right? Simply, you said we have to believe this because of the scriptures, because we weren't there. Do you believe it? Like, have we asked ourselves this? I mean, this is something I'm going along with right. because 
I've just told I was supposed to, and I want to be a morally good person, and Christianity is morally good, you know, and and, and so I'm just trying to, you know, skirt through life and, and not go to hell, you know, that's the other thing I was going to ask is, am I following Christ because I'm afraid of hell? You know, is God the number one priority in my life? Do my actions show it? Do my words show it? Do I live for myself or do I live for others? Uh, does each day of my life revolve around God or does God revolve around my day? Uh, can people look at me and know that I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ? This is what it means to be transformed. If we can't answer these questions, then we need to start looking at our life and our relationship with Christ. And this isn't in, it's, you know accusatory. Mm-hmm. This is just this this moment isn't for us just to say, "Wow, that was a great moment," and now I'm back to my regular broadcast day. You know, this is this is something where when you meet Jesus, when you truly meet Him, you can't unmeet Him. Like it, it changes you. And if we're not living this way, then we look around and wonder why the church isn't bigger than it is, or we're not having more of an effect on the culture. It's because so many of us have met Christ, but we're not—we're not letting, we're not looking at Him transcend, right? We're not looking at that—that that transfiguration, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and the way it is, like this is the Son of God. This is the man that, that the, the God that came to this earth and took on flesh to die for me so that he could save me from my sins, reconcile me to the Father, and now I need to give my life to him for that and in response to that. And am I doing that? Am I just calling myself a Catholic by name? Am I calling myself a Christian by name? Or can I look at my everyday actions and the way that I live my life and know for a fact, and others know, not that you need to prove something to somebody, but one of the most effective ways to evangelize is by how you live your life. Am I living as if I have been transformed by Christ, or am I just going along with what everybody says I should be doing in my life? Yeah, living and teaching is the big aspect of how you see yourself and how other people see you. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we talked about this before, like, you know, when we talk about Jesus, we have to assess who do you see Jesus as? Do you see him as a teacher or prophet or just someone that was a good lecturer? Sure. Well, and if you you see him in those aspects, then you're not really going to be transformed. You're just going to be saying, well, that's some great wisdom partake. I'll listen to some of it. But other things, it's too far for me. But what we're talking about is like knowing that Christ is the Son of God. Yeah. No doubt. He is the Son of God. Therefore, you must know that there's something greater for you to do, and it can only happen with you if you're within Christ. If you are following your your will, God's will, sorry, God's will, not your own will, then you'll find the sense of where God wants you to be. And that's through loving Christ and to changing the world. Well, that's the thing. Like, I mean, I don't have answers to everybody's individual questions because we're right. all wherever we are in our faith. You know, I can't answer these things for you. But what I can say is, like, the point of meeting Jesus isn't to stay the same, right? If you, that's a pretty good way to know if I've really been transformed by what Christ is and who He is in my life, mm-hmm. or if I'm the same as I was when I met Him. You know, then was I really transformed? If I'm still doing the selfish things and living in vice and putting myself before others, have I really been transformed? The answer is no, right? If we're if we're going to be transformed by Christ, that means that we've seen how he lived his life. We've listened to what he said about the ways we need to live our life, and we're putting that into practice in our life. You know, Dr. Kreeft uh, is a friend of mine, Dr. Peter Kreeft. I don't mm-hmm. want to say it wrong. I asked him one time, and he said, depends on what part of the country you're, for, sure, yeah. you're from, but it's Kreeft in the right way. Um, he said, there's a quote on this, on the transfiguration. He said, the first thing to get clear about this transfiguration is that it was not a transfiguration of Jesus's reality, but of the disciples vision. Jesus did not change and become brighter than light. He always was and is brighter than light. 
He's not a little bit like light, like light. Light is a little bit like him. It was the disciples' eyes that were changed. God enabled them to see what is what is instead of what just appears. He lifted the curtain, mm-hmm. right? And that's really the question. Has that curtain been lifted in your life? Do you understand like that it wasn't just that Jesus like changed into all these things. It's that the disciples' eyes were opened. I love that quote when he says that's that. Profound, yeah. Right, because you like... Have our eyes been opened? That's a different way. Have we been transformed? Right. Have our eyes been opened? It's a different way of saying the same thing. Because honestly, when you think about it, when you look at that crucifix, if all you see is a crucifix and you don't see what went into that and you don't see what caused that and what the result of that should be, if you don't see that the transfiguration uh, uh, pre- you know, pre-shadowed or foreshadowed, mm-hmm. foretold, whatever, the the crucifixion and a resurrection of Jesus that that our bodies are going to be glorified, right? After the resurrection, the way that his was on that mountaintop, then we're missing all of this. We're missing the majesty of who Jesus is and what he's calling us to in our life, which is that true repentance and living a life of virtue and being transformed into the person that he calls us to be so that we can have our bodies resurrected and glorified in the way and eventually be in eternity with our souls and be that complete glorified body and soul that Christ wants to spend the rest of eternity with. And if we don't get that, we don't understand how big of a deal this is in our life, we're going to be one of these people that's laying on our deathbed who's lived this life of of however I wanted to live and however long I wanted to and I did what I wanted to do and I was selfish and I lived for myself and now all of a sudden I just hope I don't go to hell. It doesn't work that way, Right? We've got to be transformed by the love and the power of Jesus Christ and live this in our life every day. It's not a just check the box and check in when I feel like it mm-hmm. and be good one day and then do whatever I want the other six days. No, this is about living a complete and total life given to Jesus Christ. That is what is asked of a disciple. It's not some sentence. It's not some slavery. And a source, yeah, you become a slave of Christ, but it's not some terrible slavery. It's a life that gives you joy and happiness and peace if you submit to it. And that's what this transformation should be, is a complete and total submittance to God's will. Um, you know, one of the other things I wanted to quote here, too, is Paul from St. Saint, uh, Corinthians, from 2 Corinthians, St. Paul <laughs> said, verse 517, So whoever is in Christ is a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. This is what we're getting at here. Mm-hmm. Once we've met Christ, once we've seen the you know Christ transfigured like they did on that mountain, we have to become a new creation. We have to realize this is for real, right? He is for real. And I need him in my life to be what it is that he's calling me to be and then to go out and live it. You look at examples of that. The disciples, once they met him, they never looked back all the way to martyrdom. Every one of them except Where for John. Whom else should we go to? Yeah, Right. right. Every one of them except for Judas and John, right? Mm-hmm. And they went to martyrdom. Once they they left their they dropped their nets and they followed him. They left their families. They left their line of work. They followed a guy with what they had on, right? Mm-hmm. And that was it. And and that's what we're called to in our life. And I think we always think, well, that was for those guys back then, right? No, it's for us. We are disciples of the risen Lord, and we're called to do the same thing in the same way that they did. We have to sell out for Christ completely in our life if we're going to live the lives that he that he calls us to another one is paul i mean once he had his conversion he spent the rest of his life in constant conversion in seeking the lord it wasn't well that sure was nice and i'm so glad i got to meet him and i hope i can make it to you know be with him someday 
for the rest of my life. No, he worked hard every day for himself and to bring others to God. So he could say, I've run the race, I've finished the race, I've fought the good fight, right? These things that he tells us to in other other parts of the New Testament. And it's because he realized, I gotta live my whole life for this now. And if I do it, then I'm going to be able to be with him in heaven, which is the goal of our lives, is to love and serve God here so that we can be with him forever in the next. And Paul and these disciples did that so well. You know, Peter, though, he wanted to stay in that moment, right? We talked about that earlier. It's about, you know, he wanted to stay up there. Lord, this is so great. Like, he wasn't thinking about anybody else. He thought, like, man, it's just the three of us, the four of us with you, and then, well, you know, the six of us with Mm -hmm. old Elijah and Moses over there. Let's just build this awesome place and stay here. But what did Jesus say? Like, that lasted for a second. That, That transfiguration, that glory lasted for a second, and then it was time to go back down the mountain and do the work. And that's what we have to be really considering um, it, when we're thinking about this, is that it's it's a la- about letting that moment that you've come to meet Christ transform you and taking it with you. It's not about climbing the mountain. It's not about getting up there or even staying there. It's about how we come down the other side that matters. That's the point I'm trying to get across here today, is it's not about, man, I met Christ when I was eight years old in that Baptist church camp that I did, and man, my heart was moved and I was baptized, and man, I'm now the Lord's. No, there's continual conversion and continual work that has to happen. And we know this as Catholics, and we have to be living this in our life, or we're basically ignoring what God is telling us in the scriptures, what Jesus tells us over and over again after the Beatitudes. You have to live this narrow road. You have to you have to walk this way. You have to build your house on rock. You have to live this way. You have to be transformed in me and live the way that I've called you to. And what uh, Dr. Peter Crafe uh, was talking about was the lifting of the veil, just for yeah. a moment where we could recognize Christ as a true self. And I think we all have moments of in our, that in our lives. And it's so profound that we kind of don't know that how profound it was at that moment. Sure. Now, whether we're alone in a sanctuary or we're speaking with a, a priest or we're speaking with another fellow brother or a you know, sister that is is giving you guidance and wisdom in some form of, of the journey of your faith, Christ is present, you know, and you see, you feel it, and that's what the Holy Spirit is always girding us to, pro, to, to push forward and to continue doing, you know, what you need to do. And, and the, that light that we see in others sometimes is the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And when we recognize that in each other, we need to support each other and help each other out because that's what the church is. The church right. are people with the Holy Spirit. And that, that's the way, I mean, when I look at it, when I go to Mass every day, it's just like, or not every day, but the days I make it, you know, usually five or six out of the week, I look at it when I take that communion. Am I just taking a wafer? Right, am I just yeah. taking a piece of bread? Or am I taking the the body of the risen Lord? Oh, I get like right? shivers every right. time the body's in front of me. I'm like, sure. yes. Am I taking like, that amen. and saying, Lord, let me respond to this. Like, right. Let this transform me again today. I'm weak and I've messed up and maybe I've yelled at my wife and kids or maybe I fell off the wagon a little bit this week with the way that I'm behaving and I'm, I behave selfishly. But Lord, let this transform me again, right? Mm-hmm. It's about transforming our lives over and over again and living this way. And the Eucharist does that for us. That's the source of strength. And we need to look at that every time that we take that in at Mass and say, Lord, transform me, continue to transform me, continue to convert me. Let me live this in my life. That's why going to Mass is so important. It's vital. No, it is. And and when you're truly transformed, there's no going back. Like that's the other thing we need to realize. When we have truly met Jesus, 
You don't want to go back. You don't want to go back to whatever life it was or whatever sin is. I'm not saying you won't fall or fail again, but you have this desire to say, no, I'm going into the light. I'm going forward. I'm walking with the one who loves me enough to die for me. And I'm going to live my life that way. I'm going to, I'm going to live my life in, in respect for him and service to him for what he's done for me because I can't go back. I'm not the same person I used to be. I can't go back that way. I've been transformed because he transfigured, because I saw him as who he was in my life that elicits a transformation, a choice in me that I cannot go back on. You know, and if you're struggling with this, guys, if you're somebody that that hasn't um, seen this in your life, hasn't felt this in your life, then, then ask Jesus to reveal himself to you. Ask him to transfigure in your life so that you can transform. I mean, I know those words go well together and I keep saying them, but like truly ask Jesus, like, I want to know you. I want your presence in my life. Please like help me convert my heart to you more and more each day. Show me, you know, where you are in my life and how to follow your ways and transform into the person that you call me to be. We can pray that to him. Jesus is not going to deny that sort of prayer. He's going to reveal yourself more and more. I mean, reveal himself more and more to you Mm -hmm. so that you can live this out in your life. Guys, you know, we're getting here to the end of the show, and I just want to say this is an important thing. Christ is not, meeting Christ is not a one-time thing where it's just, it goes by in your life and it's not a big deal. We have to respond to this. We have to transform if we're going to live our lives and be the virtuous men that we're called to be. Now, look, I mentioned the narrow road earlier in the show. If you're looking for a way to do this, and so many guys say, I want to be a better man. I want to be virtuous. I want to be all these things, but I don't understand how to do it. What's, what's the way to do it? Look, there's plenty of ways, but we have a simple one here in the narrow road. You can sign up for it now by going to justagotonthepew.com, signing up at the narrow road, or going to the support button and clicking through Patreon there and doing it. But guys, we got it. We have to have some sort of simple roadmap in our life to do this, to live virtue, to continually transform our life. If we're not seeking Christ, we're seeking something else. And that something else is more often than not is going to take us away from them. It's going to lead us away. It's going to lead us back to the people that we were before. And so we always have to be seeking him. He's always seeking us. You know, we, we know that he is always seeking us. But are we being receptive to that? Are we looking to truly give our lives over to him? So I want you guys to ask yourself that. Have I given my life over to Christ? Is it evident in the way that I live my life? Can people tell by looking at me that I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ? Do I live it in my actions and not only my words? Right? Am I doing the things that I'm called to do each and every day? It doesn't mean that you have to be a saint. You aspire to be one. We all make mistakes. We all fail. But if we're not actively asking ourselves this question, today, when I look back at my day, how did I spend it? Did I give my life to Christ today or did I give my life to myself? Did I give my life to my family or did I give it to myself? We have to be asking ourselves these questions if we're truly going to be transformed by Christ. So, all right, guys, people will tell you that you cannot change. Those folks will be right. You can't change by yourself, but with the power of Christ, you can transform. So let's take it to prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, at some point in all our lives, you invite us into a moment of transformation. You care too much about us to let us stay the same. Help us to remember that our purpose for existing is to love and serve you. And Father, whenever the world wants to coax us into being laid-back, lazy disciples, remind us that we are transformed witnesses of your transfiguration. In the name of the Father, Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com. 
or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com. <laughs>